everyone's welcome to the 158th episode of the socially distanced podcast the flagship podcast of the popbreak.com my name is bill bodkin i am the editor-in-chief of the site and i will be your host for this episode but you may also know me by my other name star lord no it's just bill okay great well Good thing that it's just me, but we are here actually to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, the latest entry into the MCU. However, before I start, uh, like I do every May, um, it's very important to me. It is May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and last week I talked about my own personal journey through this, and I'm going to bring it back up in a different way. Um, one of the reasons I was able to be in the mental space that I am now, which is like the best I have probably been in 10 years, life is pretty friggin' amazing, is because I had an amazing support system. I was able to talk to my wife and she was able to help me get the help I needed. I was able to have friends like someone I'll make fun of on this podcast a million times, like Al, who was there for me and who there are a few other people in my life who really helped me along my way in my journey. And why do I bring these people up? Because every mental health journey for everyone, they need their support system. They need a good team. They need people with them. So what I ask everyone out there, if you have a friend that you know who's struggling, who's hurting, reach out to them. You don't know how much that could potentially mean for somebody because it could really change their whole lives. And so this month and every month, just reach out to a friend, even though they might seem like a human cartoon character with a gray beard and amazing hair, they might be hurting. And I was, and I had great friends that helped me get to where I am today. So be a friend, be an open, be a shoulder to cry on, an ear that'll listen. It really could change somebody's life. Now, let's get into this lovely group of assholes that is with me on my journey to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. First, um, he had the worst experience in the world watching this movie. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. He is, uh, I just wanted to, I, I got a lot of all caps messages at very late on Thursday night of the opening weekend of Guardians of the Galaxy, as did uh, my co-host Amanda Rivas about this. So Al Manorino, you're back. Oh, buddy, tell us about why Brick AMC and you got some words. I am Groot. <laughs> no. Uh, I am pissed. No, uh, no, no I, loved, is. I loved the movie, but as you guys saw from my text messages, um, and for those who have not heard uh, oh. or have seen my Twitter, um, we were... Uh, we were at like the 940 something screening of Guardians on Friday. It was Cinco de Mayo. Uh, we had a couple of tequila shots beforehand. We had some tacos. It was going great. What a day. Um, towards the end of the film, um, trying to remember the exact moment. Oh, the exact moment it happened is during, uh, spoilers, during the fight between the uh, high evolutionary and Rocket, mm. uh, that kind of climactic scene. All of a sudden, power goes out in in the whole movie theater so everyone's freaking out as you would um it's want to say 15 to 20 minutes of just waiting around before they put the movie back on and when i say they put the movie back on they put it on and there was no picture we just heard sound so that was fun and then we were screaming like restart it restart it and they restarted it um maybe five to 10 minutes after the moment <laughs> had happened and they never fixed it. So we missed a big chunk of the movie and it's great. So uh, yeah. Can't wait to hear what your thoughts are about the moments that I missed. 
don't worry, we'll get into those. And yeah. you want to send a collective hug out to Al, don't because he's bailed on me way too many times. So that's that's right. It's karmic retribution. Anyway, it's not. I feel bad. Uh, also joining us this week, my other my other host. She took off last week because she didn't want to hear us shit talk the Dallas Cowboys and boy, <laughs> did we ever. Uh, it, of course, she is the human Star Wars encyclopedia, Amanda Rivas. We, we like having you talking about things happening in space. I, I know that's that's my thing. I'm always on a space journey and I was out doing, uh, you know, May the 4th be with you, all the May things, did two rounds of Star Wars trivia at different places and uh, uh, it was it was a lot of fun. I missed y'all, but I, I went out there and did my best to slay and I was happy. I was happy. He literally ended the podcast by all yelling, fuck the Cowboys. So. Yes, y'all we did. did. We really did. did. I was like, we really did. It was, like, it was a real good bonding moment for all us NFC yeah. Easters. <laughs> um, joining us, it has been a minute since she's been on the podcast. Last time you heard her it was on our Black Panther Wakanda Forever cast. We really wanted to bring my age uh, level downs because I make this podcast very old. She's one of the youngest podcasters and writers on the site, but she is a seasoned vet. Uh, check out her review of Peter Pan and Wendy on the site. And uh, we're hoping for a lot of cool stuff from her this summer, no pressure. Uh, one of the great literary names on the site, and I'm sure I'm going to get the order of her name wrong because I always do, it is Ninoshka Vasquez Suazo. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited. That's a uh, name. That is that's that is a strong that is name. A hell Thank of a you. Name. Thank and, you. And speaking of strong names and... Uh, he is uh, someone you might know from the internet. Aren't we all, you know? I mean, who's to say? Not me. <laughs> Apparently, there's a lot of Bill Bodkins out there, and I'm not the one most people Google. Uh, because there's apparently a guy who runs a vineyard with my name. So anyway, Ooh. you oh, might wanna, know him. Can I be friends with that one instead? Go ahead. Can we get a hookup with that one? That's just what I'm, you know. I'll We'll talk after. You we'll guys should it. start a club or something. Like, you guys probably <laughs> have similar emails. You get each other's mail all the time. Like... I probably pretty easy you could do find. like that with that uh one group of uh all similar named people did they all yes. met up and they had, a big, yeah. fight. They had yeah. a big pillow fight or something right Josh's. i am i'm also the third bill bodkin in a row so yes i already know how that goes uh of course you know him from the nando cut you know him from nando v movies you know him from the mostly nitpicking podcast and you might know him as a former managing editor of the popbreak.com and the guy who designed the way the site looks as we speak. Last time he was werewolf by nighting after say, being yeah. a She-Hulking. Uh, she was, he was an, an advocate for She-Hulk. Mm -hmm. Matt Kelly, welcome back. He is our Star-Lord and always has been. We're glad to have you back, pal. Well, it's great to be back. And I, I forgot about werewolf by night. It was like the last time I was on this. Yeah, that was that was a minute. And is that that's the last marvel thing no i guess then black panther but black there's panther. nothing between this and black Ant panther no, Ant no, Ant no 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 um, oh, we didn't so, podcast yeah, we didn't podcast about it so good it things count. in a row um i do I'm, I'm happy to be back i'm happy to be talking about a thing that's cool uh and but but real quick i want to ask amanda how did you do it the star wars trivia you can't say you went to a trivia and not tell me did it did it go well what we're supposed to you know uh so first uh first round went really really well our first okay. Trivia. I think uh, only one technicality on a solo question, and mm. that took us that took us down by two points. I was like, "This is ridiculous." It was a trick question. I still argue about that. What was the um, question? What was the question? <laughs> now I need uh, to know. Yeah, I got to hear it. 
Well, it wasn't, it was about the ages. It wasn't, I, it, they tied oh. it to solo, but I was like, this doesn't make sense. It's not really a solo question, but they were asking about, you know, list people's ages in order. That's and I tough. had, I had questions about where Wedge, Wedge Antilles's age was in comparison mm. to a couple, but I did get Lando and Han Solo right. And that was the big one. <laughs> I was like, I was right. And I knew that one. Um, the second round was a little harder but I felt like the questions we were about, there were probably about 20 teams in that round. Um, yeah, we were about, we were 10th um, because it was me <laughs> and the other people with me did not quite know a lot mm. of Star Wars, but it was a very detailed, you know, you had to know specs of ships and stuff. And there's Whoa, some stuff that tough. I'm not, yeah, I was like, this is not for the casual person, but I slayed it on the anime, the animated shows and yep. some of the mm. stuff they normally don't. Not a shock. <laughs> I tried. Not a shock. I tried, I, and then Brandon showed up at the very end, and I was like, "Where were you the whole time?" <laughs> Flamingo King. He's always about. Always uh, about. <laughs> that's a long story for another day. So, guys, we are here to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, but first, we want you to check out uh, a little ad from some of our other podcasts on the Pop Break Podcast Network. Hey everyone, I'm Michelle. And I'm DJ. And we host Roses and Rejections, a podcast that talks about all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Each week we'll give you our insights into the delicious mess that is the Bachelor franchise. We also cover other reality shows and give you our hot takes on the good, bad, and all the in-between. Catch us every Wednesday during the Bachelor season. Or every other Wednesday while The Bachelor isn't airing. In the Pop Break TV feed, wherever you get your podcasts. Are you a diehard Marvel zombie who compulsively rewatches every movie and TV show you can get your hands on from the House of Ideas? Or are you a new or lapsed Marvel fan looking for an excuse to finally catch up on what your buddies have been going on and on and on about for as long as you've known them? Then folks, do we have the show for you. Head over to the Pop Break Today podcast feed on all your favorite platforms to check out myself, Phil Botkin, and my co-host, Marcus on Bill versus the MCU, where we review every single installment of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Along with a journey around the Marvel multiverses, where we check in on MCU adjacent content like Netflix's The Defender Saga, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Fox's X-Men franchise, and so much more. New episodes premiere the second Tuesday of every month on thepopbreak.com and the Pop Break Today podcast feed. Hey, I'm Allie Nelson, and I love romantic thrillers. And I'm Tyler McCarthy, and I don't know much about romantic thrillers. Together, we host Not Couple Goals, where we discuss the best and, let's face it, worst in romantic thriller cinema. We cover classics like Wild Things and Cruel Intentions. And newer releases like The Boy Next Door and Deep Water. Sometimes it's just us. Other times we're joined by great guests, including some of your pop break favorites. So, if like me, romantic thrillers are your guilty pleasure, or you were raised on Lifetime movies like me, join us every other Thursday on the Pop Break Today feed. Those are great shows. I hope you check them all out. Uh, and if they were my shows, I feel like such a dick by saying that and putting myself over because I hate doing that. So, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, of course, this weekend made a lot of money. It is James Gunn's final, for now, uh, directorial piece for the MCU. 
before he goes off to run DC Studios. And now we got to get a little backstory, a little background on our in our first volume, which I call our lovable bunch of a-holes, where we just talk a little bit about our relationship with Guardians and our hype level going in. So I kind of know the answer for some of these people, but Ninoshka, you are you're the new kid on the block. So I want to know your personal history with Guardians as a, a huge Guardians fan, Sophie Bodkin slinks into the background um as she always does um thanks for giving me my wallet that i don't need on a podcast um give us your credit card info (laughs) she was like i just didn't want you to lose this um so yeah ninoshka your relationship with guardians um i'm gonna be completely honest guardians isn't my favorite series in the mcu no no wait 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 let me let me like i do find them really fun and entertaining they're just not they're not my go-to you know but i do really enjoy them and I was actually, I was kind of hesitant about the third one coming out because I wasn't sure like how everything would play out, you know, especially like after Endgame and whatnot. So I was going into it, you know, not really know what to expect, but I I was ple- very, very pleasantly surprised. So given the tone and tenor of the trailers and the interviews that the cast and James Gunn had given, uh, what was your expectations for this film? Did you think a lot of the Guardians were just not going to make it out by the end of this film? Yeah, I thought like a handful of them were going to end up, you know, uh, you know, see you never again. Especially like Rocket for me, like with the trailers and whatnot, I thought that Rocket was going to be goner, like dead within like the first 10 minutes. So yeah, I, I didn't expect what the outcome ended up being so they're not your favorite but where do the where do the films rank for you amongst your of all the marvel films out there towards the top 10 in the middle down below they're like in the middle definitely in the middle amanda we know you do love space especially when it comes to a galaxy far far away but we've never really talked about star lord and the gang where do they rank in the marvel cinematic universe for you oh i love the guardians they are some of the funniest a very relatable humor and I I was I was first really intrigued with the Guardians because I enjoyed Chris Pratt in Parks and Rec so that was an immediate draw was to see how he would do um in in a, in a little bit more of a an acting you know not necessarily outside of the Andy role if you will um I really enjoyed Scott the first Hedeberg, film Moneyball Chris Moneyball yeah that's right yeah yeah and H Exactly. And I was here too, because obviously the wrestling component, I loved, I love Bautista. Mm-hmm. I know people hated on him, but I, I, w- I was curious to see how he would do, especially when you have a danger. Exactly. Exactly. So um, for me, they are definitely in my, in my top 10. Um, the humor is always very refreshing. I love the soundtracks. I feel like they're well-written. Uh, the scripts are well-written. The acting is fantastic, especially with, you know, some of the side characters, like, you know, obviously like Yondu. You know, it's a little bit more of a, a more central side character, if you will, but loved him, um, you know, and, and I'm a big Mantis fan, you know, too. I think she, you know, is a great character. And obviously, you know, who who can't love Vin Diesel, <laughs> you know, as a talking the, the, tree? The Rock. Mm-hmm. The right, exactly. Oh, my God. This is true. This is true. But, I mean, they're supposed to have squashed that. They're family. They did not. Yeah. <laughs> they're not. Li- that relationship so. is not the living is still right. talking about it. This is true. This is true. In theory. But, you know, you never know. You never know what, what Dwayne is up to. It ain't a work. This is true. It ain't a joke. 
but definitely my top, top 10. 10. And um, just, yeah, I was ready for this film. I was intrigued because, you know, with, with Gunn going to DC, you just never know. Is there going to be politics between DC and Marvel? Is he going to do a great job? Are people going to die? You know, and the you know characters are going to die. It's just, there was, there was, a, there were a lot of questions and I was really intrigued and then also very pleased with how everything came out. It was much better. I expected it to be a good film, um, but I didn't expect it to be as great as it was for me. Hey, you come here. Tell everyone right. who your favorite Guardians of the Galaxy character is. Yeah. Say it here, pal. Who's your favorite character in Guardians? Gamora. Why is Gamora your solid, favorite ca- Solid choice. Girl. Because she's a girl? What about... And Kevin Bacon. Is Kevin Bacon one of your favorites? <laughs> we did watch that many, many a times. Um, but you know you do. Uh, Nando, uh, one may have photographic evidence that you dressed up as Star-Lord at a yeah. Comic-Con one time. That's uh, 2014, too, I think. So like it would have been right. Uh, maybe it's the year after. But it was pretty close on when that first movie came out. I was uh, pretty, pretty big fan from the beginning. So yeah, where did the, where did these films rank for you? And I mean, you're a guy who's you know for people who are unfamiliar with your work, first shame on you. Secondly, you've done a lot. You do a lot with Marvel, and you've mm-hmm. talked a lot about Guardians, a lot leading up to this film. After telling us what you you know where they rank for you, like give us your expectations, of what you thought was going to happen in this film. Yeah. So okay. So I had to bring out my Letterbox account just because I have a running tally of like Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Guardians one is number two out of oh. all of them guardians three is currently number four and guardians two is number nine so they're all in the top 10 uh and then yeah they're right they're all right up there i think that that could change um i just think one is like a rock solid movie like i could i would have a hard time giving that to someone and being like don't you know you won't enjoy this whereas four is, it's kind of or three is more difficult but um i think it it could be better in my opinion might change i'm actually going again tomorrow so we'll see um but yeah no i love these i think they're great i think consistently like they're they're marvel's best trilogy and they are probably the most consistently just good movies marvel has made there's no other really like brand that i think is as strong maybe black panther but that's only two movies so like let's see how it goes and um captain america like was strong but i don't think it started as strong as guardian so yeah, no, I'm I positive. So the thing, the person that I was like, oh, is definitely gonna die. Oh, sorry. Hold on a second. Let me see. If this changes anything. Um, do I sound any better now? This is so weird. Good. Okay. The person who I was certain was gonna die was Batista because he kept yes. saying, "I'm not doing any yeah. more movies. I hate this." So I was like, "Well, he's definitely gonna die." And then I was like, "Well, I can't be the only one." And then it seemed like Star Lord was gonna die. Uh, I had no like thought that Rocket was going. It felt like too on the nose, but also I saw that clip from the trailer like spoiler for people who've seen it like of him hugging the otter and i'm like oh he's gonna meet the otter again and they're gonna live happily ever after they're probably gonna go to another dimension or something so they can't be in future movies but they don't die but then you know that happened the way that it happened in the movie and it was like well i guess everything's on the table um yeah i was not expecting it to go quite the way it did my expectations were pretty high though i was this was my movie that i was telling people that were like ant-man isn't good and mcu's dead and i was like listen the ant-man isn't good but the mcu just wait until james gunn makes another movie and then we'll see like if this is if this is fully dead or if just we had a bad streak of one movie in a row uh and uh yeah (laughs) 
he makes good movies about superheroes and it's just like what he does so uh for me i'm gonna have you close it out so sure. for me um famously did not finish the mcu originally but i did see guardians i love the first guardians it's in my top 10 um so that last year i started alex i did not start alex marcus our podcast director started bill versus the mcu and i watched every goddamn thing the mcu created last year and i just finished all the ne- uh, uh select pieces from netflix uh so far I watched the second one, and I could tell you that uh, that is in my top five. Um, the Yondu stuff uh, made me cry like a small child, because mm-hmm. if you kill off a fi- father figure, I'm screwed. So, but it was funny. I think Batista stole stole so many parts of that movie. And anytime you can take the song Brandy by Looking Glass, a band that played and was formed behind the student center of the college I went to mm-hmm. and Ninoshka goes to that is great writing. Um, but I was, uh, for me, I was super hyped for this because I love the suicide squad. I love peacemaker. And I just kept going back to guardians. And then I did cosmic rewind in Epcot center. My spine got readjusted 17 times and that it was amazing. So good. It is it, so good. If you like really fast rides, but also ones that just like are visually stunning and like indoors. So you don't have to sweat. That's the ride for you. Uh, points deducted for Bradley Cooper, not being uh, the voice of rocket uh, points added back on because they do a Christmas overlay of it. So can't argue. So this was my most hyped. I have been about a movie in, I honestly can't tell you the last time I was this hyped about a film release in general. And um I thought a lot of people are going to die, Matt. I agree with you. Batista, I'm like, brother's saying he's going to walk through a pit of danger. Dead. Um, Mm. Rocket, dead. Um, Star-Lord, they had a nice fake out. And I was like, oh, shit, does he die? Um, Little did we know, it would just be a 35-pound mannequin that breathed and lived in James Gunn's office for a year because Mm -hmm. he's a weirdo, and I celebrate him as a king. Uh, So, yeah, that's where they rank for this. And for this one, you'll just have to find out where it ended up on my rankings later in the podcast alphonse since you had the shittiest time with this i'm going to let you uh close us out on what you expected and where guardians ranks for you i kind of know but uh just remind me uh yeah i mean i think like most people going into like guardians one we had like little to no expectations the guardians were like if like if iron man was considered like a c list or b list hero at the time the guardians were like z list and it you know it took all of those components but mostly james gunn to make that movie like iconic it is it is definitely the best individual trilogy of the mcu you can make yeah. arguments but like the fact that those films are not beholden to the mcu and can live on their own is why it's the best trilogy like if you go and you know uh, nando mentioned uh, the captain america films which i adore um, if you go back at those, like Civil War is is basically Avengers two and a half, right? Yeah. So it is it is it it's so integral to the the rest of the MCU. Whereas this is each one of these movies is a standalone Guardians adventure, and they keep getting better and better. Um, I think two is super underrated too. I think two is like Iron Man three. In like people are like, oh yeah, it's okay. I'm like, no, you need you need to go watch that again. It's great. Kurt Russell's in it. It's great. It's cool. Yeah. Go back and watch it. It's a and great he was movie. gold. He was gold in so it. So good. So good. Okay. Um, and then, man. yeah, expectations for the third one. 
I wasn't trying to watch a lot because I wanted to be surprised. I did watch, you know, the trailers that came out, but I wasn't going back and like studying them. Um, I did see the, you know, rocket on the table. I thought that was a nice red herring. Uh, I, it was great that no one died because everyone came in with the ex- uh, expectation that someone from the main cast was going to bite it. Um, it was cool that they just kind of all went their own separate ways at the end. Spoiler. Um, and yeah, I just really dug what I saw of this movie. Oh. Now let's get into volume two. I'm tired of running Pete. So what did you guys think about the shift of focus? I mean, like this is an ensemble trilogy, but Star-Lord has always been at the forefront, especially the last movie. It was all about him finding his dad. Of course, we had the great story with Nebula and Gamora coming together as sisters, but it really was Star-Lord and his dad. This one is The Rocket Show. That was something James Gunn was extremely upfront about uh, in all the pre-production. and Years and the, ago. Yeah. Years, yeah. Ago, years ago. He said that the third one would be Rocket's story. How did you guys feel that they took the shift away from, the focus was shifted to Rocket? Mando, I'm going to start with you. Uh, because, I mean, it has been the Quill show for two movies, and now we're going to shift to our favorite raccoon, who we finally confirmed is a raccoon. Yeah, I feel like with Rocket, for me, it seems like the character that is the most suited for this franchise and, like, where things were going in terms of, like, the represent... He was was not, like, the mascot, but he was, like, the new thing that this franchise had made and then they added like a man-child Han Solo in to kind of make it a little bit more palatable with Star-Lord but like Rocket was definitely for this movie and, and going out of two where we had just gotten all the Peter Dad thing the most interesting single like character in that universe so I think it made sense I wouldn't have guessed they would do it that way Honestly, I would have expected that he would just get his own movie. Like there would be some sort of Rocket Raccoon solo movie where he'd go beat up the High Evolutionary or something. So the fact that it was the main Guardians thing was cool. Um, yeah. Well, Nanoshka, you're, like you said, Guardians are not your A number one go-to in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So how did you feel from moving to Rocket, uh, a character like Matt just said, we saw the most growth out of outside of Peter. Uh, within because I mean we have that great scene with him and Yondu where Yondu's like we're the same person and he admits that he loves Pete and he's his best friend how do you feel that Rocket now being the center of the film the straw that, straw that stirs a drink how did you feel about that movie I think it made a lot of sense I mean you know like was mentioned Rocket's like one of the most interesting characters out of that gang you know like you want to know more about him you want to understand you know where he came from how he ended up where he is and I feel like Obviously, with how the movie ended, you know, he's captain now. And I feel like it only made sense for the film to set him up in a way where it was like explaining his backstory and explaining where he came from and how he's so intelligent and this and that. And then set it up for him to be the new captain of this new gang after everyone goes their separate ways. So I feel like it made a lot of sense. And I feel like just giving him like a little glimpse or pieces of backstory wouldn't have been enough. Like there was just so much to unpack with that. So I feel like making it the big chunk of the main Guardians movie, just it made the most sense in my mind, at least. So Al, when you had heard that it was going to be the Rocket Show, what did that denote to you? Like, how did you feel this was going to influence everything? And, and then when you hear about it and then you see it on the big screen, like, did that line up to what your expectation was going to be for this film? Sort of. I, I thought I, I thought he did it in an interesting way where Rocket was the center point, but he's not even in most of the movie. Like, it's all shown through flashbacks. And then we get him at the end when he when they save him. 
So I thought it was a very unique way to do it. I was all about it. I loved since the moment he came on screen, Bradley Cooper and slash um, uh, the other gun, Sean Gunn, because uh, we have to give credit for uh, Sean's uh, motion capture performance of Rocket. Um, when they came on the screen in Guardians 1, you just instantly fell in love with this character. And uh, it was great to, that he finally got his time to shine. And then, you know, he got to become captain at the end. I thought that was a, a great, it's not even a send off. It's just a great, you know, continuation of that character. Because, you know, when we get to Secret Wars, and we'll talk about it, but when we get to oh, Secret brother. Wars, you know, uh, Kevin Feige's calling everyone and everyone's coming back and we're going to see different versions of these characters in new ways. Like, I'm just excited to see. Oh shit, is Danny Rand coming back as Iron Fist? Hopefully. And I'm hopefully, saying, hopefully dies in the first scene, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see what Rocket leading the 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 new Guardians of the Galaxy actually looks like. Um, so yeah, I, it was great. Uh, did you guys hear? I, I, this is the first I had heard of it. So uh, if you guys heard this before, uh, Matt, you might have heard this. That James Gunn's original picks for the voice was it was not Bradley Cooper. He wanted either Jim Carrey or Adam Sandler to do the voice. Have you guys heard this one? I have, no. I have not no, heard that. But no. do you know that Adam Sandler was originally supposed to be the bear Jew, bear Jew? in Inglorious Bastards? <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, I definitely. That's did. a fact. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Sandler making those two choices of not doing it, I think, is a much better choice for both uh, for both <laughs> films. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I no. I don't think either would yes. have been. I don't, I don't think, think Jim, Jim Carrey, Carrey or Adam Sandler would have been the right choice for this. Maybe Adam Sandler uh, more than Jim Carrey, but it's yeah. Bradley, yeah. Bradley Cooper just basically doing a local Northeast guy accent, in my opinion. So, Amanda, how did you feel about the whole the rocket of it all? Especially like Al said, like he's the main he's the he's the main character of this movie. This is his story, but he's basically sidelined the ninety percent of the film. I was okay with it because it kept the storytelling fresh. It was unique. It was different. Um, instead of having, okay, we're going to have Rocket in basically the same role that Star-Lord is, you know, in the same narrative type of storytelling, this was a really unique way to do it. It really got you behind um, Rocket. And, and you know, I, I was, you know, thinking about this, I, I was thinking about the other Guardians, and I feel like throughout the other two films, even though the focus was always on Star-Lord, you still had everybody else with the narrative that was being told, whether it was, you know, Mantis, even with the Christmas special, you get a little bit more about Mantis, oh. you know, and then, you know, Drax, you're getting more about his, even in the beginning, right off the bat, you know what his story is about and he's, he's evolving. And then, you know, you have the relationship with Nebula and Gamora and, you know, so all of these narratives are being told. And even then, even with, you know, my, my, my group, you know, <laughs> you still got, you still got some kind of storytelling happening, but Rocket, I felt like was one of the least touched on of the Guardians. And so it was really nice to see him get his story told and still in a way that made sense for the overall narrative, because this is the Guardians of the Galaxy. So you should know, you should touch on all of the Guardians at some point. So it was nice to see that come full circle for Rocket and not of everybody in the group definitely rocket was the most suited and the most charismatic to take something to take this from star lord if you will to become to become captain because it basically it was like bradley cooper in raccoon form he's just this cool raccoon that you would love to just kick back with and i mean if i had to call a guardian to help me out i would call rocket in a heartbeat <laughs> to help me out 
so I'm going to give a bit of a different answer here. Uh, I think what makes it so what putting Rocket's story into this is when they named the High Evolutionary as the main villain. That's why it was so important to have Rocket as the center because we've it's no secret Marvel has often has a villain problem, but they've just. We remember the line from the first film. I wasn't, no one asked me if I wanted to be ripped apart and turned into this. Now we're finding the guy who ripped him apart and turned into this. And I think that helped by making Rocket the main narrative of this and everything that's around it. Like he has the, the fail safe on his heart and everything that they have to do to try and save him makes the high evolutionary before we really even get to meet him. The meanest man, the, the, the nastiest villain we've met because he's taken Rocket and he's basically put a bomb on his heart. And he's the guy who ripped him apart. And then we get into the High Evolutionary character. And that moves into my next question. The High Evolutionary is not exact, like at times has been featured within Marvel. But when we talk about the top five to 10 Marvel villains, he's not on a lot of people's lists, probably except for Matt. So Matt, when you heard High Evolutionary is going to be in the, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as the villain for Guardians, I want to know what your initial reaction was and how do you feel that they actually executed it on screen? You can do whatever you want with High Evolutionary. He's like one of those guys where he's involved in like Spider-Woman stories or Wanda and Pietro's story or all this counter-Earth stuff. Like he made Adam Warlock in the comics. So like if you told me that High Evolutionary was in a Marvel movie as the bad guy, I wouldn't even be able to tell you what, what franchise he's part of. Like that could be She-Hulk, you know, it could be Black Panther. He could, he could be anywhere. So I do think he is, I don't, I don't think he's kind of a, not a cipher necessarily, but I do think he's a character where it's like, you figure out what you want this guy to be. Almost like Ego was in uh, Guardians 2, where it's like in the comics, he's not usually a father figure, but it made a little sense here. I do think it's more close to what he usually does and like his philosophy, but, um, but yeah, it was cool. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't hate Herbert. I don't mind. Like, I don't love him. He apparently this, that's not his name either. He's a character yeah. according to James Gunn um, than Herbert Wyndham. So interesting. And I like the guy, whatever his name is from Peacemaker. He was cool. Um, so I'm going to butcher this, this excellent actor's name is uh, Chuck Woody. Iwuju. Uh, sorry. I loved him as you did in Peacemaker. And when he was uh, cast in the role that I only vaguely remember from my childhood, I was like, whatever he's going to do, this guy's going to kill it. And I think I think that impressed me the most is if I remember Comic-Con from last year where he showed up at the Guardians press junket in full gear, in full makeup, basically challenging and decreeing stuff to the audience and to the Guardians on stage. Yes. I'm like, that's, that's a dude. Uh, I'm, I'll say it. If we've got to recast Kang, let's figure out a way to make him make him Anunoshka. I think you really think that's a great idea. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that as you almost jumped <laughs> up and down out of your seat out of audio podcast. Yeah. Um, so I went to go see the film with a couple of my friends. My friend said this and I did not agree, could not have agreed more with it. He said that the high evolutionary in this film did more as a villain or was a better villain than Kang has been so far in the MCU. Just and I and I was like I I knew that was so controversial because, you know, Kang is supposed to be this really big high force, you know, top five villain. But I agreed so much when he said that we were debriefing after the film, like he was scary. 
like he was genuinely scary and the effect he had within the film you wanted more and you wanted to see where this was gonna end up and I just I loved him as a villain and yeah compared to Kang I I think there's no real comparison right now I was gonna say I just want to jump in on that and like good the reason I mean I think that's a totally great idea and I think we should we should they should explore that as a possibility is like the reason why I don't think Jonathan Majors like works as Kang outside of all of the very public stuff about him that I'm sure is going to more is going to come to light and of course they're going to have to think about recasting is before all of that everyone and their mom loved that man like adored him and you see him as a villain you kind of root for him because of how charismatic he is or charming or whatever handsome this this guy is straight up evil and he played it so well where you're terrified of him right like Thanos was a terrifying villain because he was terrifying Josh Brolin played him very 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 well so if and when they recast Kang they have to find someone who is definitely more menacing and less like you know we want to root for him like we already have Loki he's still around like we don't need uh, another like charming bad guy we need someone that's going to be scaring us for the next decade well and if you're that good your performance is that good where you have to release pictures of the actor with puppies and comment on like hey he really does love animals yeah. that's I'm I'm with the Nushka on that because he he legitimately Chukwudi just nailed it nailed it you know went through all the range of emotions from this creepy sereneness to when he lost it and he had those moments where he was just yelling and just kudos props because yeah and I agree with you Al because you have to find somebody who can outperform and be scarier and more menacing because with Kang you know Jonathan Majors he did well with that part you know again minus all the if you're looking at separate from the, the very public things going on he was good and he was kind of that methodical kind of, but charismatic, smooth, cool. You need a villain to be a villain. Yeah. And just to make you just, oh boy. And this is going to be a tough performance to match. This is, this is going to be hard. Again, we have to put out PSAs that he's a really nice guy after all. That tells you something about how well acted and how well redone this part is. It's very Dr. Moreau vibes for me too. Oh, for 100%. And I, yeah. I think you also have to have someone who can outperform Chris Pratt and Bradley Cooper and a lot of other people, a lot of big personalities and Root and everything that distracted, like, love the first Guardians. Ronan, you know, he's okay as a villain. Um, Ego, he's, I mean, he's Kurt fucking Russell. I mean, exactly. come on. I mean, he's like everyone's a really shitty stepdad. But I mean, it's just like, you kind of like him until you find out about what happens with Pete's mom. But even then, he's still like the seductive guy. This guy is just pure fucking evil. And that's what I love about it. And no one, and I think they also had to pull off the thing when he shoots Lila. Oh. That scene has to be pulled off in a way that is so cold and calculating that very few could do that because he had to have the resolve of I'm right in what I'm doing. I am now well, right. And to even project that, because you're working with CGI at this point, thankfully, um, yep. CGI at this point, a lot of people see that. That's the first thing. It's it's CGI. It's CGI, and there's that 
mental block, but he helped break that wall for so many of us who were weeping in the theater. <laughs> oh, we'll get to those tears in a minute, Amanda. But uh, Matt, I wanted to kick back to you the, uh, the everything going about the kind of the high evolutionary versus Kang stuff. Like, who did it better? Like, what's the better yeah, villain? I, I would like to do think... think yeah, I feel like they kind of serve slightly different purposes. Whereas I think the high evolutionary is, and I like what they did with him, made him very uh, campy and, you know, like big emotions selling his plan and stuff like that. He is supposed to be sort of a whack job. And you look oh, at him yeah. and you're like, this guy, we got to deal with him. Whereas with Kang, I think Kang's supposed to be a little bit smarter. You're supposed to get that this guy is a descendant of Reed Richards or Dr. Doom or whatever. And like he, right. besides having all of the technology and stuff, he is smarter than pretty much everybody that's dealing with him, unless you get a Reed Richards or Dr. Doom or Tony Stark in there. So like, I don't mind. I think, I think they're different performances. I think that like the characterization of Kang has been a little like all over the place purposefully because they're supposed to be different characters. But um, right. I, I feel like I'm sure um the the high evolutionary actor whose name i'm not gonna uh mess up could do it but i don't think he could bring that energy to the high of or to kang that he had in the high evolutionary work i think if we're re if we're recasting kangs i want lakeith stanfield i want someone oh. who's like really cerebral and kind of a wow. weirdo and i think Less. that's the only other direction so go in Nando, um, i've got a, Nando, I've got a question for you mm -hmm. on the recasting so what are your thoughts the name that's being thrown around a lot is john boyega a lot that's what i'm oh, hearing okay. probably the most because no, as we know it's been it's, it's lakeith because nando nailed it it's the it's it's the it's the wild card factor like he can go from zero to yeah. 60 in 2.8 seconds like a rock and roller coaster from uh I thought, you're, I thought you were gonna say the rock and roll express and i'm like oh brother no <laughs> I know. Man and i are oh, gonna have a field day with that one like, but I love John definitely Boyega. Ricky Morton. I I love John mm. Boyega. I'm so happy he's coming back. Potentially, I don't know to to uh, Star Wars. Like, like all for it. I've, yeah. I've wanted I've wanted him in the in in the Spider Verse for a while. I was saying he should have been Spider Punk. Mm. I thought that would have been dope. That would have been good. That would have been really cool. I but, like the Spider Punk we got right. Daniel it's Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. It's even better, it. honestly. Yeah. But yeah, that, also that should be fun. Daniel, I mean, if he wasn't already in the MCU, I was going to say he could also be a good choice too. But I like, I like, honestly, Kaluuya. yes, I know what, let's just pretend everybody would be cool. And Danny Kaluuya gets to do it because yeah, he would be perfect. Judas black Messiah energy. And that would be great as, yeah. as a King likes uh, re replacement. Um, but, but yeah, I think like Jumbo Yeager is probably solid. I just don't, I haven't seen him in anything besides attacks of the block and That's the star Wars stuff. So I don't know what his like range and energy and all that is. Whereas with the Keith, I feel like I've seen him in enough things that I kind of what he yeah. is what he can do and um yeah how he how he plays um yeah attack the block if you've never seen it go watch it uh so let's we're talking about the dastardliness of the high evolutionary the one thing going just especially as a dad who took his eight-year-old to see this everyone was like bill this is really intense there's a lot of body horror there's a lot of cruelty to animals there's a lot of violence it, this is not it might not be something you bring sophie to and i say to you this girl is she's a tough son she's a tough son of a gun don't worry about it and she was fine by the way um do you think do you guys think that was a bit overblown of how scary this movie was how her traumatizing this movie was or do you think this is it was right on cue because uh, i've heard 
kind of both sides. So Amanda, I want to start with you. So the, the funny thing was before the movie came out, you know, I think most of the reviews I felt like focused on the, the F-bomb. I felt like there was a lot of media coverage on that. <laughs> and so when I went into the theater and watched this movie, I was a mess. I don't handle animal cruelty well in films. I just, I don't, I don't, I, PETA, like all the commercials, like oh, the yeah. Sarah McLaughlin ones, I'm not, I can't. Well, you're a human. Like no that. Sarah McLaughlin yeah. commercial is going to not exactly, make you feel bad. Exactly. Except for the parody commercial that she did for the Super Bowl. I was okay with that. But, you know, it, it, it was, it was, it was hard to watch but i feel like it had a purpose in that you really empathized with rocket's situation and where he came from and what has influenced him i mean because i want to say i think the name of one of his guns that he talks about in the first film is lila isn't it i want to say I, i think that's that's what i had heard or i remember somebody mentioning that and I if that's the case remember i don't know did, yeah I, I, I've heard that somebody mm. mentioned that to me before. So if that if that is correct and accurate, what a way to call that back. And the, there was meaning behind it. And so really, it really made you just, it, it, it was hard to watch, but it, it wasn't, and I was not expecting like what happened with the little fur friends to get shot. I was not, spoiler alert, I was not ready for that. Not at all. But it it still served a purpose in that it got it got you to empathize with Rocket. It got you to empathize with what was happening. And the fact that he went back to save all the animals, you guys, I was a mess. <laughs> but that was a very sweet and touching that that their lives matter too, you know? Um, but it wasn't too in your face. It wasn't too overdone. It it was I, I, you know, would I take my son to see it? Probably not, because he he would handle, he would have trouble handling that part of it. Um, but you know, but it was it was still really, really, it was still good, and it had had a purpose. I feel like. Well, Nanoshka, I feel like you were on the same train as uh, train of thought as Amanda. So I want to hear your thoughts on was this gratuitous? Did it work for you to work within the context of the film? Yeah, I agree with what Amanda said. I mean, I've never really been one to like be super super affected by a lot of gore blood in films and this was a lot like as amanda said like animals getting hurt in any context in film tv anything it's a lot to take in but i feel like for this film it made sense because you you don't understand where rocket came from you don't understand why he gets pissed off that people call him a raccoon you don't understand all this until you see it firsthand and you understand what truly happened to him. You can't do that without seeing the pain and the trauma that was inflicted to him and his friends and his friends getting shot was literally the worst moment ever. Like I was in theater with grown ass men and they were crying. Like it was, it was insane to think about, but you know, you have to, you had to experience the things he experienced in order to sympathize with him and understand how he ended up where he is now and I think it made sense and with the whole cursing thing I also saw that all over the media too like how Guardians had like so much cursing now I was like I think it makes sense for this movie like out of all the gangs in the MCU it just felt on par with the Guardians and it was it was it was kind of funny in my mind but yeah maybe this is a uh, commentary of me as a father uh but uh when uh Mantis yells at Nebula and she says shut up dickhead uh, my daughter laughed a lot at that line, <laughs> and um, I'm both proud and embarrassed. 
at myself. No, uh, Seth, Seth would have laughed yeah. at that too. So, no one liked Seth would have laughed. Now, yeah. I want, what do you, the first F bomb dropped in Marvel? Um, what was your thoughts on that? That they actually went for in this one? I mean, I'm not shocked that James Gunn did it, but what do you think? Good. It's good they do more movies because it's cool and it's how people talk, especially idiots like this. Like, this is just what you would get in a situation like this. So I liked it. Although technically, Moon Knight did do an F bomb, kind of, if you really listened for it. Yeah, I thought it was cool. I think they should do more. Alphonse. Yeah, I feel like the Guardians movies have always had like potty mouth kind of language. It's just kind of their whole bag from from the I mean the trailer for the first movie is what a bunch of a-holes. Like you got my dick message. Yeah, that exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I forgot about Moon Knight. I was gonna say there was an illusion, like a like alluding to, sorry, um, a curse, which was the end of uh, Far From Home, where he's like, What the and then it Oh no! Sorry, the end, the end of uh, the end of Homecoming. Yeah. Aunt May. They both both, both movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aunt May can get what? away with it. She's from New York. Cool. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. I mean, you talked about the animal cruelty stuff. I it's it served the 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 point of the movie. Like it was showing Rocket's beginnings. You couldn't do that. You couldn't like hit those emotional heartstrings. Like you know, the 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 one that got me was when they basically have uh, seen the file like the the footage of what happened to rocket and gamora says that's worse than what thanos did to me yeah and she's oh. been complaining nebula. about that shit nebula better nebula nebula nebula. Neb- yeah. nebula like her saying that was like oh shit like that's and, really saying something and she's been with rocket more than anyone because she was with him during the blip you know yeah um so Let's talk about crying. I'm not afraid to talk about crying as a man. I wept a lot during this film. Uh, the ones two that got me the most, I have to say, was uh, when they when go they to go Drax. To... You were not meant to be a destroyer. You were meant to be. Oh a... yeah. And boy, as someone who's had a lot of problems with that in his life, fuck. <laughs> uh, but it was really the scene, and I'm sure this will be for a lot of people. It was the scene where Peter goes home and meets his grandpa, who looks like my dad, <laughs> dressed exactly like him in a house that doesn't he look the did look like your dad. Yeah, if you've seen a picture of my dad, that whole get up to a T. The white, the lack of hair, perfect. Oh, God, I had to really hold that in, or I would have been a blubbering mess on my eight-year-old. Fuck you, James Gunn, but also congratulations. That was wonderfully, beautifully done. Um, so, Amanda, you're known for crying. You oh, and yeah. I have both cried on this podcast um, yeah. multiple times. Um, what parts got to you? And because uh, I'm sure there are a few. Oh, man, I am a big time crier. Um, the, you know, my significant other makes a whole thing, a production of predicting when I'm going to cry. And he's usually correct. Um, the whole scene where Rocket is seeing everybody and, you know, it, it, he's about to die. Basically, he's on death's doorstep and just you know, you know, he hugs Lila and then she's just like, you can come, but not yet. The little like hand went up and I was like, done, done. Sobbing like a baby. I was like, cause I thought Rocket for sure was going to eat it at that point. I was like, is he really going to die? I thought it was too much of a red herring, but maybe I'm wrong. Oh my gosh. I was a mess. 
it was not only the animal cruelty, but that part of it, it was so well done. And again, it, it, to the point where you forget that this is CGI, like you were into it and you felt everything and just the serenity and just again, her little, like, you're, you're not done yet. I'm like, okay, I'm, I can't even breathe right now because I'm crying so hard. And then when Yondu shows up, that made me cry too, because I, you know, there's just something heartwarming about Michael Rooker in general. I think you just so. like him. He's just, a, he's just. He's like your friend. You go shoot, have a couple of beers, and just hang out with him. And he gives you life advice on stuff. Or and he something. goes shoot something in the back, you know. Exactly, exactly. And it's so to, to, that was a really nice, unexpected touch to have. And I thought that was that was really, um, it was really, really well done. And there were some points with, um, and I know we'll talk about it with Peter and and Gamora too, that were a little heart wrenching because they've all been there. And, and moments with relationships and stuff, but I'll save that for a little later. But yeah, the, that whole thing with Rocket towards the end, that messed me up. That was probably the thing that made me cry the most, was that. So Nando, um, was it the Howard the Duck at the card table scene that really got you emotional in this movie? He froze. I'm just looking at him. Oh, oh so Nanoshka, I feel like you're going to cry right now. So I oh, wanted- Oh, I probably will. I'm just thinking about it literally i'm a very emotional person like i sobbed at the live action peach dragon like i i cry at a lot of things when it comes to movies and tv shows but yeah when when um rocket's friends died one i wasn't expecting them to all die so when he turns around and they're just there i i kind of lost it just a little bit you know just a little bit and you know that line the you're not meant to be a destroyer you were meant to be a dad I literally looked over to my friend. I was like, that's the line. Like, there's no way someone, especially like a dad, can sit there and not get welled up. Like, it was so good. And I act, I, cr- I did audibly gasp when Yondu showed up because I was like, oh, my God. I'm pretty sure I slapped both my friends to the left and my right of me. I was like, oh, I slapped my friends way too much. So if they listened to this, I'm sorry. But it was just it was a lot to process at a time. But I also cried at the end when they were all going their separate ways and like yeah. they were doing like the massive dance party because I was like, oh. one, the song selection was very good. And two, it was just like it was a very heartwarming way to wrap it up. So I got very emotional. Like the film ended and the lights came up at the movie theater. All of us were bright red, teary eyed. My two friends next to me, there were literally tears streaming down their face. My friend McKenna was sobbing. Like it it was a lot to take in, but it was so, so good. Good cries, good cries. Yeah, so my, my theory was that the Howard the Duck cameo was yes. what really brought the tears to your eyes. So I, yeah, I was going to say, I cry all the time at movies, but not at the, like, so Yondu never quite hit for me. I will say, like, stuff like Endgame, when Cap catches the hammer, get, oh. gets a tear out of me. Whenever it's just, like, a, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I cried a bunch, but not, you know, not, not in a way that I would say is unusual for this movie. I feel like everybody was pretty in there with, with me, at my theater, at least. Al, how about you? I surprisingly didn't cry. I was because too, like, all the emotional parts got destroyed yeah, by your theater. Much. But I was mm. too. I was too invested. I was very, very wrapped up in the story, and I didn't even give myself a minute to like express any feelings. Uh, but I think going back and watching this again, especially as a dad, hearing the destroyer part, um, everything with Rocket, and you know, now knowing not necessarily the twist, but the you know his friends uh, dying. Uh, all of that it was so there were so many emotional moments and that's the great thing about gun what he can do with these 
you know, he really blends the comedy and the heart so well, uh, probably better than anyone uh, in the MCU. Um, and I'm going to miss that like so much from him. I'm, I'm so excited to see what he does with DC and we finally get a good modern Superman, uh, hopefully from him. But yeah, I'm definitely going to miss that. One thing that was mentioned was uh, the rock, the Peter and Gamora stuff. So they don't get back together as they should have. Tell me why. Tell me why. Well, he was ha- Gun was handed that. Like Gun was handed that entire thing. What that was it all that all happened in Endgame. It's not like right. he wrote that section of the Guardian stuff. So it's like he had to make it make sense. And if it didn't really fit his story, like you know, it didn't. Right. So it was cool to have her back and kind of as a part of the Guardians. But like she says it upfront, like I'm a Ravenger now. Like that's what I am. That's I I don't want to be a part of this. I'm I'm you know I'm gonna help you guys basically because you helped me pretty much. So I didn't I I I didn't see them coming back together, but I wanted to see closure and we and we got that. So I never thought you know they would because it wasn't like she had amnesia. She is a legit different person. Mm-hmm. So he'd have to make her fall in love with him again, and he tried, and it didn't work. So I like the effort, but again, it, it made sense for the story for them to not get back together. So, Matt, I know you're a big Star-Lord guy, so I want to know how you felt this, not taking this relationship, not giving us the story beginning for Peter, how you felt that worked for the film, and how do you feel like, and the character, and how that eventually, did you think that really sold the going home things, uh, a story that Mantis kind of, you know, set the table for early in the film? Yeah, I think that felt natural, and I think that mostly made sense. I do, it's always been like one of those little things, like, when when Mantis says it, she's like, oh, yeah, but you do have a grandfather on Earth, right? Like, that's somebody that you could go home to. And it'd be like people, when the movie came out, were like, yeah, he could go back to that guy. And even in the after Infinity War, when it turns out, or I guess Endgame, when it turns out he didn't stay on Earth very long, it's like, he should have. There's plenty of people that were alive in that room with him that weren't his mom. So I, I like that he went back there. Um, I am curious. I, uh, James Gunn said online that the person, that the dad the grandpa did not know he was alive. Uh, and I'm like, he should know. That information should be out there if people know who some of these guys are. Um, yeah, if Ant-Man but, is a celebrity yeah. writing books, I think Star-Lord would be a little well-known. Um, I was also yeah, going to say- he, uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, to, sorry, I'll cut you off real quick. Uh, yeah, Matt, no, that was one of your questions to James Gunn on Twitter that he answered that he said, do Earthlings in the MCU know about the Guardians? And he said, no. I like that they let him off at earth because uh there is a, a great zadarsky run of where he wrote just star lord where he mm. is on earth and he's like a bartender and it's it's like really fun and i love how they said like the legendary star lord will return we'll i would to, love to see we'll get to that i would love to see that what whether he's popping up in other mcu movies like i think that leaves it open for him to come back and be like the bachelor star lord that we're kind of like used to from the comics uh, Amanda, how, uh, what about this? This un- you mentioned, you know, we've all been there. Well, maybe some of us have been. Um, <laughs> how did this work for you? I was fine with it because they could have, you know, Gun could have taken the easy way out, but and put them back together and fan serviced. But you know, we've seen, you know, the Christmas special. We saw in the beginning of the movie. You know, you had Peter being kind of just like drunk and upset and just making, still being a little self-centered, if you will, with 
his his hole and everyone's like just get over it kind of thing and it's it's kind of bringing havoc a little bit to to the remaining guardians who are babysitting him um i feel like if they had put them back together that would have given him a pass he needed to grow he's still on a journey of growth as is gamora you know al you brought up a great point she's a completely different person she's mm-hmm. a completely different person and yes they tease it um you know like that whole we were we were i bet we were a lot of fun yeah we were you know kind of thing they they teased it it was cute and maybe over time you know that could happen but for the most part you know it's very reminiscent of relationships that when they were that they're great at times when they're together but then sometimes even though you have your fun moments you still have growth to do and sometimes you have to be you have to be apart they don't relationships don't work out for a reason um and i think you know peter and gamora had a lot of growing to do and i think it's it's fair that they're and and i mean i thought it was a nice i know some people hated it but you know seeing her happy with the other ravagers you know i thought that was a really smart vision because it's, these two people have their own growth journeys they didn't take the easy way okay with yeah i didn't know she could close this out yeah i think it made the most sense. Like, as mentioned, she's not the same person. This isn't the same Gamora you saw in the first one. It wasn't the first, the same one you saw in the second. You know, this is a person who doesn't understand the world that she was in before the blimp and before everything happened with Thanos. So I think it made the most sense realistically for them not to be together. And while it hurt, like it hurt, it really did hurt. But I mean, you know, relationships don't work out for a reason, as Amanda said. And I feel like this path specifically was meant for this version of Gamora. You know, she was happy in this new life. And I think as viewers, it may be hard to just like understand because you did fall in love with Gamora you saw in past films. But now you're introduced to a new part of her and it makes her more intriguing to see what the future will hold for them. And for me, I think the perfect storybook ending for Quill was going back to Earth. So for me, I loved the whole the whole story with them too because you also did get those sweet moments where she was like yeah I bet we were a lot of fun you see her kind of maybe wish she knew even just a little bit of it you know when she was looking through the backpack and she found the picture and whatnot and you know when Rocket revives and she sees all of them hugging him like you see those glimpses of like maybe there's a chance maybe there isn't but at the same time I think these paths were meant for these versions of these characters you know, it's a one brief shining moment known as Camelot type situation. Uh, but the one thing I want to bring up uh, to close out our thoughts on the movie, and it, it will have general thoughts when we do our uh, ranking of the or rating of the film, is uh, one of the final lines of the movie proper before we go into our big dance number to uh, to Florence and the Machine is we finally understand. We finally hear Groot say, "I love you guys." That to me, I was like, well, people are going to have a take on this. So, Nando, I want to start with you. How you felt about uh, Groot not just saying, I am Groot? Yeah, I think it makes sense. I feel like the explanation most people have given that we just understand now, I think, worked. And I feel like in the moment, you have this weird little reaction to it. Like, oh, that's they, they forgot to do the regular line. They didn't do it right. But then, you know, I, th- I think it's I think it's cute. Um, and yeah, I liked it. I I actually like like you said, a little taken back by it, but I'm like, wow, they finally got he fi- we finally we're in on what they already know. And I think that's a you know, every interview you hear from the James Gunn and the, the cast is like how much uh, the fans made the movie because they're the people who showed out and showed up 
and allowed for three volumes of this and like eight different iterations of the guardians showing up and stuff happen so yeah it's very cool um does anyone else have a different opinion on the i love you line or did it strike you in a certain way all right so what we're going to get into volume three and this is where we're going to kind of extrapolate out into the mcu at large but before we do that al it is your duty as an all podcast where we rate stuff to come up with your wacky waving inflatable weird uh rating system which for people who don't know usually end up being severed body parts um maybe for this one don't do that but um up with a a scale one to ten for us yeah we're gonna rate this film uh a one to ten kickballs to the face one to ten kickballs to the face so in this segment just give us your rating on a scale of one to ten and uh just give us your overall your final like thoughts on the film so ninoshka i'm gonna start with you scale of one to ten kickballs to the face and your your final thoughts on guardians of the galaxy volume three i'm i'm gonna say it was nine kickballs to the face i think um you know i said earlier that guardians isn't my go-to film franchise in the mcu but i really loved the third installment i mean I, I loved it more than the first two, so I think it's it's higher up in my list individually. It's definitely top 10 now. I mean, I, I think I got that excited or emotional while in a film in the MCU for a very long time. Like, the amount of jumps, and again, I slapped my friends way too often during films, audible gas, crying. Like, it was a roller coaster, but it was a good one. It was a good feeling one. So I, I definitely move it up there as one of my top marvel films now 10 out of 10 for me this is my number this is my number two marvel film of all time um i laughed my ass off i cried my eyes out Uh, it had me engaged in every single aspect it was the perfect ending to my favorite one of my favorite trilogies not marvel trilogies trilogies james gunn like he always does is able to blend all these emotions have wonderful cinematography and always knows how to put music to things perfectly. You're telling me Space Hog, a band baby. Okay, well, at least Amanda knows who Space Hog is. Um, you know, Space Hog was a band in the early 2000s that had that one song. Um, and you inter- <laughs> we interviewed the lead singer on the popbreak.com. You go check it out uh, a long, long time ago. Uh, but, uh, you know, listen, anyone who could put Bruce Springsteen into a marvel film is always tops for me but this was just the best way to end this and i can't wait to watch this movie over and over and over again until people tell me to stop watching it um nando our esteemed guest um one to ten kickballs in the face and your final thoughts on uh guardians volume three yeah i would say like every movie like this has to succeed on its own terms. And for that reason, I would say this is a 10 out of 10 kickballs movie. It was everything, everything, every part of it worked for me. Every character, all the big plot points, the villain, all the action was great. Like you're saying, it looks gorgeous. It's probably the best Marvel movie. It's very funny. Um, It introduced a couple new characters I liked. I like Cosmo the Space Dog. I was happy to see that. And um, Counter Earth was weird. Like that big pig thing that got its head ripped off was weird. And like, I I appreciate that uh, element of it as well. So as like a closer to this trilogy and as like a part of this, 
you add the part of the universe part doesn't really matter as much, but it's the closer trilogy in like a, a last beat with the so the end. Okay. Um, Matt, we lost you there for a second. God damn just, it. I know. But I, it, I'm doing all these things to try to make it, but it's it's just like this you new it, then it just cuts off is killing bit. me. All right, I where did you lose me? Uh, you were just saying after Counter-Earth, just like kind of right Oh, okay, there. I got that. Counter-Earth, super weird. The pig guy getting his head ripped off, super weird. Just overall, I like that these movies are weird. I like that they said that they threw the F-bomb in. It was good. It was a good movie. Uh, yeah, it was good. James Gunn's good. Superman's going to be good. Oh, we'll get to that. Amanda, how many kickballs are you going to do? I'm going to go 10 out of 10. This was excellent. It's definitely one of my top five Marvel movies for sure, not top three, um, which, you know, I'm always going to, Thor Ragnarok is always going to be my number one just because I love that movie so much. It never gets old and it's got my mad Jeff Goldblum. So, you know, but, um, but you know, this movie was so well done. It was a beautiful journey. Like everyone else has said, it's, it's this awesome journey. The attention detail, that soundtrack. Okay, I popped for Space Hog. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, this is this is it's brilliant. Um, yeah, it's been, the, the soundtrack's been playing in my car, you know, all week, my workout all week. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but I, I really feel like the attention to detail that James Gunn does is something he does really well. Again, the, the songs are intentionally chosen. The, the the small the small details are intentionally chosen and um, I mean there's a lot of care and love in this and I like that again politics are not playing into this James Gunn showed up he delivered he has delivered on interviews you know he has come out in full support you know of this movie of Marvel and again that's not something you would really expect from somebody taking over with the the the, the history of you between DC Marvel you know that type of thing you wondered how that was all going to how that was all going to play into it but this movie was so good it was so so good i laughed i cried i'd go back and watch it again in a heartbeat everybody acted the heck out of their parts um you know and you just and i liked that it left the door open for people to come back and you know in some way shape or form whether they choose not to do that you know again bautista's got his he's ran off to the sunset here he's said that multiple times but you never know same thing with star lord you never know um, and so this was, this was really well done and it, it got you behind rocket and the next group. Cause I know we didn't talk about, um, Adam Warlock too much either, but you know, you have these new people that were, um, introduced, you have more Cosmo, you had, you know, again, you have Sean Gunn taking a little bit more of a role, you know, and, and so you have people that you're now invested in and it's, it still feels good. It's not, it's not going to be the same because you, we all love our original guardians. But this, the franchise is in good hands and with, with Rocket at the helm. So I'm 10 out of 10 for me. Loved it. We'll watch it again over and over. <laughs> Al, you had the worst experience watching this movie. How can you, uh, how do you rate it? Is it hard, why, can you even rate it? It's hard to rate. I was going to say, yeah. I, I, I think until I watch it again, my rating right now is nine kickballs to the face out of 10. Uh, that part of the experience was ruined for me and is nothing against the movie, but I did a little chunk of it. The one thing yeah, that I like an thought, important fucking chunk. The, that's true. The one thing I thought uh, while like after I saw the movie, the one thing I was thinking was I wish there was a little more scope. It felt very like, you know, a few only a few locations i don't know, correct me if i'm wrong but it just there was moments where it didn't feel like they, they definitely embraced the weird i love the crazy body morphing characters and all that kind of stuff but like in terms of like 
breathtaking like views and and stuff like that i feel like we didn't get that this time around and i kind of missed it like really think like in comparison to guardians 2 like because oh, yeah. ego okay. ego's planet was like insane and then we got to see the visual elements like well pac- i mean the pac-man get... and things like that well i mean you get like the beef planet for lack yeah. of yeah come on that really gross world with nathan oh, Fillion. Yeah. oh yeah where everyone's funny. wearing the hamburgers so glad they had a Fillion. <laughs> my mom that's all she talked about she's like do you know nathan Fillion, who i love in the rookie is gonna be in guardians <laughs> I, I know mom um he was already in guardians i, well, I know that's that true. but you know it's like it's like tom Selleck. Uh-huh. Nathan Fillion for my mom. So yeah, but yeah, just I mean, not much else to add. Everyone's kind of hitting on things that I also felt. I, I I mean, I thought it was a beautiful way to end the series, but at the same time, it also didn't feel like an end to the Guardians. It felt just like James Whoa. Gunn's end to the Guardians. Perfect segue, Al. Perfect segue. What I do? Uh, not really, but be, here's usually. what. <laughs> usually never. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the future of the MCU. One of the main reasons, because I also because I like having Matt on, is uh, I wanted to get to talk about the future of the MCU, where we're going to see it going, because he does this so well on his YouTube channel, which, again, Nando V Movies, go check it out. Let's do a lightning round. Are we going to be seeing these characters again? Now, I say lightning round, so we're going to say yes and no, except for one character that Amanda brought up that we did not discuss, and it was important that we do discuss him. So, Gamora. Do we see Gamora? So I'm going to go Amanda? I'm going to say no. Not for a good while. No. Minoshka? No. Alphonse? I can say yes to all of these because of Secret Just It's a yes or fucking no question. I'm just saying, like, Anyone can come back. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no for now. Uh, Nando, I think she will. I think the Ravagers as a group will show up again. I like that. Okay, Nebula, Nando. Yeah, for sure. I say yes as well. Ninoshka. Yeah. Al. Yes. Amanda. Yes. Sweet. Let's get Karen Gillen back. Go check out her interview on thepopbreak.com. Okay, the character we do have to talk about, Adam Warlock character i've known for a long time i have the infinity uh war books so um infinity gauntlet too what did we think of will poulter and Ad- as adam warlock to me a lot more comedic um than i expected it to be but i also liked it for that and i look forward to seeing more of will poulter as adam warlock and i'm sure he's probably also a front runner to be superman and superman legacy from what i've heard nando thoughts on adam warlock well, i hope not well, I think got... he'd be a good Superman. No, I think no, he'd I'm be a good Superman you. as well. Yeah, I do. I think he's got the dorky Clark Kent thing down in oh. a way that like very few other people have. And uh, and also he's just a big old big old beefcake uh, now. That's the rules. It so, is. I've he, heard he you. He doesn't have like the mammoth size. Like I always picture like the all-star Superman. Well, uh, James well, yeah. Gunn's going for a that more would be lean. Nice. It's a more lean vegan Superman. So that's what we're <laughs> going for. But <laughs> uh, uh, what did you think, Nando, of adam warlock's portrayal in this and will we i think i do you think we'll see him again you know he's a plot device and that's fine sometimes that's all you need i definitely think we'll see him again he could be like the bad guy of the fifth one of these if you want to do like his evil alter ego from space so you have a lot of options with him and also he could just punch galactus really hard there's only a couple characters that can do that and he's one of them and listen if it's antonio banderas says galactus stick around that's right (laughs) oh what a choice uh ninoshka thoughts on adam warlock do we see him in, and do we see him in the future 
I think so. I'm a big fan of Volpolter, um, since the Maze Runner days. Like I, I was the geeky oh, wow. Maze Runner girl. I was obsessed with all of them. Um I was so, 30 when that movie came out. So yeah, great. I was like 15. <laughs> so I was obsessed with all of them. But yeah, I think you always need that one character that's a little dumb, a little questionable, you know, the comedic relief. So I definitely feel like there's room for growth there. And I feel like now, especially with like the end credit scene where he's in that new group, I feel like we'll definitely be seeing more of him. Al, since you think he would suck as Superman, do you like him as Adam Warlock? I don't think he would suck as Superman. I just well, didn't, I didn't, picture, I didn't picture him for what, Superman. Kind of what you, kind of what I'm uh, I already for. texted him that you said that, and he's oh, coming to get you right now. Oh, my God. You're going to get him and Florence are both coming to get you. God oh, damn it. No, uh, no I, I loved him. I thought he was I thought he was perfectly cast. I thought uh, I've always, I've liked him since We're the Millers. So uh, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm always, yeah. always, always. That was a great movie. Amanda. Close this out. Thoughts on Adam Warlock, the golden boy, and will we see him again? Oh, I think we'll definitely see him again. He's set up for it. And um, I thought he was well cast. You know, he just has that really, you know, in the beginning, yes, he was a, he was obviously like you were questioning. He's definitely a bad guy. But then it's nice to see him turn. It's just Will has a, plays it with that very charming naivety. And that was really nice to see. It's something I think that's maybe unique to to will maybe that he could pull it off but it was a nice little nice little nuance in the performance and um so i and again along with the humor along with the 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 fighting ability um i think definitely yeah we're gonna see him and i i enjoyed the portrayal very much it's a fun one osmo i say yes 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 Yes. Uh, of course hell yeah oh what a what it has to what a delight a good good, dog a good (laughs) dog dog. (laughs) the bad dog storyline especially when they play it to the hey if you know you know card game perfect um i think matt that that scene was just for you actually um Hmm. but uh here's the big here's the here's one for you drax amanda i'm gonna say no batista's usually pretty firm i'm gonna say no i that's a loaded statement um, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Anoshka. I'm gonna say no. Alfredo. Yes. Nando. I think yes too. I think we'll check on the the nowhere team at one point and see him there. I say yes, and I feel like when we get these worlds colliding, he's going to be shielding children and it's gonna yeah. be sad when he doesn't uh, get out of the rubble. Uh, uh he walks through a pit of danger. Uh, Rocket. Uh, yeah, that's a slam dunk for me. Same. Wow. Is that a yes all the way around? Yeah. 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 Yes. Uh, and if he's not voiced by Bradley Cooper, we shouldn't even be We're done. done. We riot. We riot. Yeah. We haven't been done. Uh, so in that same vein, Craglin, I say yes. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I heard. Yeah. Yeah. He's 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 gonna get knocked off pretty quick though. Wherever we see him uh Groot I think yeah that's another slam dunk yeah. Disney likes merchandising things yeah I think we have to see him do that kaiju thing to beat up Galactus or something like Man, we got a little I, bit of that but not enough Matt you got a lot of heat with Galactus I mean he's the next guy we got to beat up I don't think Kang is like punch I mean you can punch Kang but like there's a lot of guys you got to really you know go after and well, Galactus is the big one and uh finally our gal Mantis and her big slug puppies well, yeah, and that's the other one is if you got a ship made of batteries and you eat it eaten, I could see Mantis showing up on like a, you know, with 20 of those things and just ripping it to shreds. So absolutely her. 
Oh God, you cannot get rid of her. She's a fucking joy. Uh, so 100% yes. Uh, Amanda. Oh man, I want to say yes, but without Drax though, it's mm. hard to picture her without Drax. But I say yes because I going to give her a chance to shine on her own and not rely on Drax. Ow. Doc and Nebula? No, uh, Mantis. Mantis, sorry. Yeah, no, I think, I, I, honestly, I think all of these characters are coming back except for Gamora. And Nando, I'm going to ask, ask you, the newest member of the Guardians is Phylavel. Phylavel, yeah. Quasar, yeah. right? Or one of the Quasars, I guess. Not the original, but yeah. but yeah. So should we be excited? For those who don't know, and do not have their Marvel encyclopedia handy. It's actually right behind me. Um, should we be excited for this character? Sure. I think she's, <laughs> I don't have super strong feelings about her. Well, the thing is, there's Philovel, and then there's Genisvel, and Genisvel's the weird one. And I believe it's her brother, but he's the Captain Marvel that like went crazy because he gained ultimate oh. knowledge, and like maybe he could show up in the future, but um, and like be connected to her. Uh, uh, yeah, no, Philovel's cool. She's got cool powers. I mean, you didn't really see them. She just has like kind of glowy hands like everybody does in these, but she yeah. do constructs and cool stuff. Yeah, that's fun. She's still better than Iron Fist. Um, we're going to close it out with this. The shocking moment, the legendary Star-Lord will return. I want to know everyone's thoughts when they first saw those, that, that chunk of text, and Al already started to touch on it, where do we see Star-Lord showing up? Because for me, I was dead certain. I'm like, Chris Pratt's done, and we're moving on. He's not done. We're not moving on. So I was very, after wiping my tears away, I was like, well, that's pretty cool. I was pretty happy with that because I know we're, you know, Chris Pratt's not always loved in all circles, but I do love him as Star-Lord. Um, and I think it's Avengers. I could see him as early as New World Order uh, because uh, that's a team that doesn't have a lot of star power to it, no pun intended. Uh, we don't know who really the Avengers are. We've heard, I think Sabra is going to be potentially added. We know Falcon's there, but who else is going to be added? If it's going to be a lot of younger cats, then let's, let's throw Star-Lord in that because he, Chris Pratt has good chemistry with most people. Uh, so that's my take on it. Uh, Amanda, how did you feel when you saw Star-Lord was returning and where do you think we see him next? I was, su I was surprised because you just hear Chris Pratt giving interviews about yeah, I don't really want to do it, but I mean, I guess if the circumstances were right, but he seemed pretty firm about not wanting to do it without James Gunn. So I thought, well, since James Gunn is done, and then of course his acting schedule has picked up, you know, so I mean, he's getting busier, um, you know, so I was surprised, but I was happy because I'm like, I think he does a great job as Star-Lord. And I feel like, you know, Secret Invasion or I feel like I, I don't think he's going to have like a big prominent role anymore. Like, I think we're going to see him pop up here and there as he's needed, kind of when something needs a bit of a, a punch, but secret evasion, I could definitely see him do that. I, I, but I don't think we'll see him in a central role as Star-Lord, Chris Pratt as Star-Lord, like we have in the Guardians films. Again, I think it's just due to a mix of his personal desire and then also um, his filming schedule. Okay. Nanoshka, what did you feel when you saw Star-Lord for the first time? And, um, oh no, sorry, gosh, I just read something for the first time. I was thinking of the song. Um, when you saw that come up, and where do you think we see him next? Um, I was kind of in the same boat as you. I thought Quill was done after this movie. I thought, you know, retire, go live with his grandpa. It's a nice ending for him. 
but when the legendary star lord will return come up i i was intrigued because i'm not entirely sure like me my friends mentioned that he could be kind of like um like a cameo pop up in like new world order and like be there because they'll need an extra hand i don't think he's going to be anything prominent as amanda mentioned um but yeah i i'm intrigued to see what they do with him uh nando i'm very oh how did you feel when we saw that with that graphic show up and and uh you always seem to know where people are going to show up yeah Um, you know i was curious about this too my best guess so the only place it makes sense for him to show up it on earth now is in some sort of like in sword or saber i guess as it is now because he has alien experience right like i don't think he's going to be in whatever the marvels but like the next time we see that, I couldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him there. He feels like he'd fit well into Shang Chi or Wonder Man. Those are the two projects coming up that I'm like, they have Chris Pratt energy, and like I could see Wonder Man. They bring him on as an alien consultant or something to help write a scene, <laughs> and I could see Shang Chi as like this thing's from the galaxy. But who knows about that? And then they do like a little cameo. I mean, the thing, you know, something like that. Interesting. Al, so you had this whole Chip Zdarsky thing, which you should send me the link to because I now want to read that. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about your thought when you saw If you Did you actually see it? Did I have <laughs> it coming? No, no, no. Did you actually physically see them say he's coming back? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did. Yeah, that's why I brought it up. So your questions no, I'm going to ask. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I, I want to see him on Earth, but the way, like, you guys brought all brought up great points of, like, where he could possibly fit and i love the idea of him being in wonder man because that's like right up his alley in terms of like you know yes uh, pratt's comedic approach and everything one thing i could see though is like if he doesn't like become the next like tony stark in the sense of like popping up and other things but tony stark in the sense of like mentorship because i think we're pretty close to like eventually getting a nova movie mm. and i think it would be kind of cool to him being like the tony stark to to peter whereas he is to Nova and maybe helps him like kind of, you know, get his footing. Cause it, I think they've talked about how they wanted it to be. Um, was it Sam Alexander, Nando? The, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the, gotta the be who they pick. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, that's one, one theory, but yeah, I, I love the, I love the space consultant idea, but I can just see him popping up when needed. Right. Like, like how Hemsworth, you know, can kind of pop up now i think they want to make that with star lord because again secret war right around the corner these people have to stay kind of relevant and now that the guardians have basically disassembled the original guardians we need to see how they can kind of still fit within the mcu all right guys uh that is our talk on guardians of the galaxy volume three uh before we get out of here uh thank you to everyone who came on for the star-studded panel uh let's give a pop culture recommendation where people can find you on social media. Ninoshka, I'm going to start with you. Where can people find you on social media? And what's something in the world of pop culture you want to recommend to our audience? Um, well, all my social media is the same. It's at, it's Ninoshka, N-Y-N-O-S-H-K-A, you know, just if you want to know the spelling. Um, pop culture. Um, I just recently watched Peter Pan and Wendy, which was my latest on the pop break. And I think you should definitely give it a watch because it's not your average Peter Pan story. And I think a lot of older generations might enjoy Peter getting reality slapped just a little bit, you know, and Jude Law's in it, which is fantastic. So, yeah. As the older generation, I, I do agree with that statement. <laughs> um, Amanda, where could people find you? Al, you're, you're, you're on Twitter now. You're active. I know. I'm actually tweeting. It's, uh, so it's, it's something. 
it's something. It is. Um, I know. And I'm retweeting a lot. I'm like, I can retweet. This is fun. Um, yeah. So I just aged myself. You're welcome, everyone. Um, so I am on Instagram at Amandalorian and uh, where I share lots of Star Wars anime slash, you know, wrestling type of stuff. So it's a, a lot of fun for me. Uh, and on Twitter, I am at Resner's Chick because I love Nyish Nails. R-E-Z-N-O-R-S-C-H-I-C on Twitter. So check me out. And so I'm going back with an oldie but goodie for my pop culture recommendation. Uh, Sunday, I'm going to see, uh, yeah, it's all over my Twitter, uh, The Cure. They have been one of my bucket list bands for forever. I managed to score tickets. I'm super excited about it. So I've been listening to, I mean, obviously now the set list because it's out, but um, one of my favorite albums is their 2001 the Cure Greatest Hits. So love that album with, you know, everything from Love Song, Wrong Number, Pictures of You, uh, and of course, Seth's favorite, um, A Forest. So he loves, he's a Cure fan too. So if you're looking for a great band to rediscover, or if you've never listened to them for the first, the first time, it's a great album. So The Cure Greatest Hits, 2001 uh, edition, blue cover, but they're great all the way around. There's no Cure song that I don't love. Al, the man who's going to be covering Taylor Swift at MetLife Stadium for Pop Break. Well, wrong. All the wrong things. I was going to save that uh, for my uh, little news and excitement. Uh, I'm actually going to be uh, covering the Philly show. Uh, For for NJ.com? For you as well. Wait, what? Mother's Day. Oh, that's in Philly. Okay. It's both in Philly, yeah. So thank you, Bill, for ruining that. Uh, Yeah, you can find me at Al Manorino (laughs) on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I will be covering a huge bucket list for me as a big Swifty and a fan of just uh, feelings and music. I will be covering covering Taylor Swift twice this weekend. I'm so excited about this. I'll be taking photos for NJ.com, and then I will be reviewing the show for The Pop Break. So look out for my review. Uh, This drops on Friday. Look out for my review next week. Um, Very, 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 very excited about that. And then pop culture recommendation, I just started the White House Plumbers on oh, it started? It started. First two episodes. It's already pretty great. Um, All right. You never thought you wanted um, Justin Theroux and Woody Harrelson as like a tag team. Um, No, I've often thought that, that they would be great. It is a match made in heaven. Great supporting cast too. Very fun. Um, Almost done with episode one. It's very hard to watch when you have uh, kids around, but Hmm. Pretty great so far. I'm very excited to see where the season goes. Can I ask what Taylor Swift era you are? Ooh, that's great. That's a great question. Um, there are eras. Yeah, I'm not there aware are. of this. No, I, I love. I, I am. I'm a huge, huge fan. I think lately I've been a, a lover era. Okay. Love era. I'm telling my my wife who's coming with me on the the Sunday show. I expect I, a, a baked I, good in the she, mail. She may dress in an era. I told her to dress in the red era because I thought she would pull it off very well. And that's the the era that we like started like dating and stuff. Too, I believe. I oh, know we saw we saw that tour. We saw the red tour. So we probably yeah, started you were, dating. You were 15 when you started. Yeah, what I was going to say that matter that matter of deep now. Uh, my, my wife. Jesus, said, I'm old. My wife's in 1989 era. Love that. I mean, they're all great. Right. They're all great. Uh, as for me, because I'm going to let our uh, Nando close this out. As for me, check me out at Bodkin Writes on Twitter, W-R-I-T-E-S. Uh, if you're going to check over at the Pop Break, uh, I got a couple reviews over there. So go check those out. I just reviewed Metallica 72 Seasons. 
which I enjoyed. But my pop culture recommendation before I get into more socials, um, I I have two of them. One, Al's going to hate this one. I don't know how Matt's going to feel. I rewatched. I did a first watch on The Defenders. Uh, mm. I, I liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Mm. Danny Rand, what a <laughs> what a bombastic dumbass. He's mm-hmm. the worst. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff I like in it. And but I'm this is gonna motivate me to watch Daredevil season three because we're not doing it for Bill versus the MCU, mm. but I'm gonna watch that. But my recommendation to all of you, if you love Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three or one or two, go watch Peacemaker on HBO Max, soon to be Max. It's the fucking best. It is really raunchy. It is really violent, but it's fucking great. I absolutely love this. John Economos, one of my favorite characters, need a solo movie. And file the pop break on Instagram, on Twitter. We're shooting a ludicrous amount of bands, including we just shot the Hives at the world famous Troubadour Cat in Manos. Los Angeles. Cat Manos. Oh, cool. Uh, so yeah, go check all that out. And we shot Muna, which is a, a really cool band. Uh, in Philly, ironically, the lead singer, Kay Gavin, I interviewed one of the first interviews on the Pop Break back in 2011 before we were even the Pop Break. It was a completely different name, which I'm not going to say because it was really stupid. Uh, so that was really a really cool full circle moment for me. Nando, thank you so much. I, I really, you worked hard on this one, trying to do all the technical stuff behind the scenes to get to, to sound amazing. So thank you for coming on. Tell us where people can find you and all your great work on the internet. And uh, give us a pop culture recommendation. Okay. So I got to, uh, all right. The uh, internet, I'm in Nando V Movies on all the platforms, Twitter, Instagram. You know, uh, if I ever get Blue Sky, I'll be Nando V Movies there. And then that's my YouTube channel is Nando V Movies. I also have the Nando Cut, which is like shorter, kind of less planned videos. And then mostly nitpicking the podcast I do where DJ and Diggins and I pick apart pop culture stuff. We're doing Guardians in a couple of days. So that's going to be fun. Okay. Pop culture recommendations. I have two, because when you said all that wind up with like, oh, the Guardians, if you like the Guardians and this and that, I think the yep. video game is really good. I don't know. I'm thinking of buying that. it. I'm yeah, it's just it. about to buy it the other day. It's a whole lot of fun. And it's like not the most complicated mechanically uh, or, or anything like that. But just as a more Guardians thing, I think it really works really well written. It has a really fun like climax bit that I really enjoyed. Uh, and it's under 20 bucks right now. Oh, in yeah. The PlayStation Store. It's yeah, it's definitely then it's worth it. Um Oh, I'm going to buy it now. But uh, but then the other thing I want to wreck, which is like the thing, the pop culture thing now that I'm obsessed with, and I, I don't know how other people feel about it, but I've been like destroying Miss Davis, the dumbest smart show ever. Oh, ever I want to watch that. It's so bad, but it's so good. And like, I don't, it's like, it's like if Lost, all the stuff you didn't like about Lost happened on purpose that way. And you're like, is this going anywhere? And it's like, maybe, does this mean anything? I don't know. But it's also really well shot and well put together, and they're all really funny. I, I yeah, it's one of my favorite shows. I don't want to like. It looks like something that's from like Thirty Rock. Yes, it does. It. I mean, the <laughs> premise is so dumb, and like, but also it's like Damon Lindelof, and it's like his thing. So it's also really like smart, and there's lots of weird symbolism. I'll say there's some stuff that happens in the first episode that you're like, this can't work. Like, th- there's no way this is going to tie together. And it takes until the fifth episode for that to all be explained, but it's a really satisfying, like, explanation. So, yeah, that's that's probably my favorite show right now. It's the one we look forward to most, especially now that Schmigadoon is, uh, is off for the season, which we also really enjoyed. And The Jury, which we just finished, which is also a lot of fun. On Freebie, yeah. I've, yeah. That's on my list. All right, guys. Well, thank you again so much for joining us for our Guardians of the Galaxy talk. 
Uh, we're going to be doing a lot more movies this summer more than ever because there's a lot of great stuff coming up. Our rewatches are starting soon. I believe next week we're either going to be starting Indiana Jones or Mission Impossible, but, uh, you know, schedules are schedules. I'll have to look at that after the podcast. So for Amanda, for Al, for Ninoshka and Nando, I'm Bill Bodkin saying thanks for joining us. Bye.